Hi, superstars. It's Meg, and I have your brand new awesome overflow. It's the February edition coming up for you in just a minute. But I wanted to make sure that you don't miss that we have already put out the signups for our superstar spring swap. The sign-up instructions went out last week. You can find that as a post on, on our Patreon page. So if you did not get an email with the instructions, go ahead and log into Patreon and check the Sorta Awesome page because it has all of the instructions right there. Or come over to our Superstars Hangout group on Facebook. If you haven't joined us there, it's facebook.com slash group slash SA Superstars. And look for the pinned post because I copied all of the instructions for signing up for the spring Superstar Swap into the Facebook group. Just as a reminder, these are the signups for the spring swap only. We will have another swap coming up in the summer and then one more in the fall for our winter and holiday swap. So if you can't do the spring swap, no big deal. You'll have two other opportunities to participate in a swap this year if you'd like to. So I just wanted to make sure that nobody missed the signups. The deadline is March the 6th to sign up. So don't miss out. And I hope you enjoyed this little episode with Kelly and I in our awesome overflow for February 2019. Hello, superstars. Welcome back to the February installment of the awesome overflow. So like we told you last month, we thought it would be so fun this year to give you our superstar awesomes a bonus extra awesome for the last week of the month where we can just kind of come in and talk about whatever's been in our, on our minds. Um, maybe some show follow up. Um, I'm giving pregnancy updates at the end of each of these. Just kind of talk through stuff, maybe a little bit more personal stuff that we wouldn't cover on our Friday episode. So I have Kelly here with me today. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Meg. Hey, superstars. We asked in the superstar Facebook group, which if you are a superstar and you have not joined us over there, we would love to have you. It's so nice. We were just talking over the weekend, really, Kelly, about how like the superstar group, I think, kind of still has that essence of the hangout group when it first started. Remember that when it first started? I do remember it. And I think that the superstars are completely right. It's a more yeah. intimate group. These are the people who really get these sort of awesome vibe yes, and, and yes, believe yes. in it and own it. And so you're just going to have, I don't want to say less drama because it's not like the hangout group is so drama filled. Right. But no. you, like if you are looking for that, you know, we are your people, right? I mean, those of you listening, you get what we're saying. Exactly, exactly. So we did ask in the in the group. And if you haven't joined us, I was going to say it's facebook.com slash groups slash SA superstars. Come find us. We're having a lot of fun. And we're really going deeper on topics um, in there. And it's just nice to have this little place just for our superstars. So we asked in there, I thought this would be a really great question to start with. It's from Superstar Paige. She asked for an update on Kelly's pivot. Like, how is it going? Adjusting to working outside the home in your new job. What things on the home front, like in your family life, are you and Corey still kind of adjusting to? Responsibilities, all of that. So I thought we could start there. But then also, I would love to know more about just like what you do at your day job. Like you're in a studio right now. You're in a recording studio using serious recording equipment. (laughs) I am. I feel so professional, you guys. I'll take a picture and put it on social media. I'll share totally. it in the superstars so that you guys can see how very official it looks. Yet I'm like, I'm just doing. Look, this is where sort of awesome is going. 
Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> okay, let's start with Paige's question of like, just how is the pivot adjustment going? Because when we recorded in January, you were definitely still like, hey, I'm in the midst of working it out. And then tell us more, like when you get to work, what are you actually doing? All right. Okay, you guys, I wouldn't say this on the regular podcast. This is truly an overflow moment. But this is what happened. And I said this a little bit in the episode was that I got this job. I started the Monday after Thanksgiving. And in December, the kind of nice thing was that there were all sorts of wonky things here at the station that were happening. People were on vacation. We were upgrading to a new version of our software, which was a big stinking deal. So there were lots of days that either I didn't work a full day or they were like, you don't need to come in tomorrow. So it was baby steps in, right? But looking back, it was the holidays. And we all know how crazy the holidays are. So that was really... It felt like I was on a bucking bronco, you know, like just hold on, just hold on. So we got through that and survived like that Christmas break. Even I didn't have, I had some days off, but I was still working part of the time. So that was different for my family to not have me just there, you know, for those days that they're off school. And then we went into January and we and our family have two birthdays right away, mine and my daughter's. So, and my daughter is the one in our family who the most treasures these sorts of celebrations. So it wasn't one of those, like, you're like, well, we'll get to it. Like, it needs to be a big deal then to make her feel loved. And she's also the one who's struggling the most with me not being at home all the time. Right. Then I got the stomach flu from hell, I would mm-hmm. like to say. Um, I, mm-hmm. It took me down, like, for a couple of days, but then, like, it took a week to recover, you guys. It was ridiculous and annoying. Like, I just, I couldn't even. So I missed days off of work. And then we had a family vacation. It's just been one thing after another is what I'm saying. So yeah. here we are in the middle of February, and I am finally starting to feel like it is just ordinary, daily, an ENFP7 might say boring life. <laughs> yes, totally. Or in the liturgical calendar, we would just call it ordinary time. Ordinary time. <laughs> this is very ordinary time. And usually... Here's the yin yang. We would be as a family looking forward to spring break next month and that we would usually go somewhere. That is something that when Corey and I moved back to the Twin Cities or back to Minnesota, actually from San Diego, we were like, we're always going to go on a spring break trip. Like that's a vow we make to ourselves. But this year, because my husband's still kind of looking for work, like we just don't, we always did it before on his points because he was always traveling. We had miles from the airline and the hotels. We didn't have to pay. This year we would have to pay and we don't have the money. So we're not. which is hard. I'm sad about that. I don't have anything to look forward to. However, the silver lining in that, in true ENFP7 fashion, would be that I think what I really need right now is normal life. So I'm I'm just feeling like, okay, this is how it feels to do this in a quote-unquote normal environment. Um, I'm I'm learning that I have to go to bed a lot earlier than I think I do, and that my body clock wants to. Um, But it's, it's good. I think it's good to just kind of do this and also to get rested, because I have expended every ounce of energy that I have to get through these last few months. And um, yeah. so like a couple, I mean, really not even this weekend as much as the, the previous weekend, there were nights that I would just look at Corey and go like, especially on the weekend, like I would kind of push through to get to the weekend and it would be eight o'clock. And I'm like, I don't even care what happens. I'm going to bed. Like, or and that's I'm just going to, I'm going to lay down on the floor and I don't care if the kids just crawl yeah. on me. I'm going to sleep. Cause I can't, like I'm grumpy and I can't function and I have nothing. nothing. I have nothing left to give. Yeah. Um, so starting to dig out of that pit a little bit is a good thing. Yeah. As far as the family goes, I feel like that has been the biggest, biggest blessing is that mm-hmm. Corey has just done such a great job to be at home. Um, even as the day we're recording this, it's President's Day. It's a school holiday. I'm at work. 
Corey is at home with the kids. And you know what? He's doing so great. So there's times that I think as the woman, I'm still the point person for my sure. my friends or my kids' friends' parents um, to say, hey, can so-and-so, but I'm able to say, hey, Tessa, can um, Liam play today? And if you can, here's Corey's cell phone. Like I can pass it yeah. off and he can take care of some of that management stuff, which is fantastic. So I, I did have a few of my friends listen to the episode that we did in January and they said, okay, so that's kind of the external world of what's happening in your job or what's happening, like how your family and how you're adapting. But they're like, I want to know what you do. Like you're back in a newsroom. So the quick answer to that is several people have said, do you get to do weather? I get to do weather. (laughs) You guys. I'm so close to my dream. Um, So I actually, one of the very first things I do every day, and when they said that this is a job that they pass around, I was like, nope, I will just be taking this one. And I just, to make the weather forecast, because our host has to read it at the end. And at one point, I don't remember, a couple weeks ago, she goes, I really like what you're doing with the weather. And I was like, (laughs) we like, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. (laughs) I'm like, weather geek status fulfilled. So I get to write it up like how I would say it is if I were reading it. You know what I mean? Kind of like tomorrow, cloudy, more of the same. Like I could put in all of my little editorial remarks or my funny things. And then she, you know, it's not that she's going to read it word for word, but it's still super fun. Um, Yeah. The other thing is that our show, so I come in at seven and our show goes on the air at nine. So we're just doing everything in those two hours, like the weather. We prepare emergency audio because what if something goes wrong? So every day we're pulling something from morning edition. Um, Yeah. And then it's just getting that show ready. So we might be pulling um, little clips that we're going to play or just making sure everything is ready. So actually right now, what I'm learning to do is direct the show. This is so awesome. I love it. Yeah, it is kind of, it's fun. (laughs) This is the part of TV that I had kind of missed and that you can't really get anywhere else. Live radio or live TV to sit in the booth and just be a part of it and directing it. So um, this week I'm doing it with our lead producer shadowing me and then she's going to leave in a few weeks, you guys. It's going to be just me. I'm super nervous about it, but maybe I'll pop into the Superstars group at the beginning of that week and be like, all of your prayers and incense (laughs) and like, I will take all the good wishes Um, because if anything goes wrong, it's like when you're, that's kind of that producing role, like it's, it's back on you. Yes. But um, yeah, we take live calls. So it's, it's some of that. It's just making sure that everything is going smoothly. And then the rest of the day, I work on future shows. So we're brainstorming ideas, we're booking guests, and we're doing the research for it so that we're the ones if we own a show. For example, this week, we're doing a show with Jamar Tisby. I think a lot of the awesomes might know he has just written a book recently called The Color of Compromise. It's about racism in the church. And so doing the research, like printing out articles about him or about this issue so that our host can read it um, and then lining up a studio for him to go to, that sort of a thing. So it's super fun. It's really cool because I get to talk about news things, but it's not the day-to-day news that that drives it. It gets to be like, how do we advance this story? We don't want to, we're not just reporting, this is what happened. Yeah. We can say, and what does that mean? I feel like this role for you, as opposed to your old career in a TV newsroom, I feel like that was more like headline driven, like yes. just the just the facts, just the headlines. Whereas in this role at public radio, you really do get it's more issues driven. Yes. So it's definitely conversations that are happening in the bigger culture, but it's you're not just hitting the headlines. You're really 
reporting on the issue. So yes, yes, I can absolutely. see how that would be so fulfilling for you. It is. You know, like Krista Tippett um, got her start here. She's just down yeah. the road. So it's kind of that idea of like saying, let's take, let's talk about the news, but I love to use the word expansive in Krista Tippett's yes. honor, like here in the newsroom. I love to yeah. say, let's have an expansive conversation. So that's kind of always what we're aiming for. So it is, it's just such a good mix of using those fun day-to-day kind of adrenaline-filled things Um, skills that I used to develop, but taking it to the next level. Love that. So great. So great. Okay. I'm just going to like popcorn style, pick a few of these. Some of them, you guys, I'm not even, I'm going to, some of these I'm going to put into my pocket and save for a rainy day because they would actually be really good full shows. Yeah, they're good questions. (laughs) You guys. You guys always have the best ideas. Uh, So I'm going to hang on to some of these, but here's a couple from my friend Katie, who's a superstar. First, she asked about how each of us take our coffee. I will say I'm the most boring person in the world. I just drink mine black. (laughs) But not boring because then you really care about the coffee that you're drinking. Yes, it's true. So we do have a um, the the mocha pot, which is um, the best way to drink coffee, in my opinion. Uh, We do the Cafe Bustelo, which is like Cuban style coffee, but we just drink it Mm. black. Um, And then also we do we have a a hand grinder because the mocha pot you have to do like espresso ground um so we buy fancy coffee and i don't do the hand grinding kyle taught the girls how to do it so they do it (laughs) Uh, i'm like i'm interested in this yeah exactly but there's this brand out of arkansas um a you know sort of like small business roasting company called onyx and they carry it at our whole foods and they make the best coffees. Like some of their coffees, I can't even believe the flavors that come through. It's like wine tasting. Yes. And they'll put on their label, um, like this particular roast, you're going to get um, notes of like honey and fig or pie crust. I mean, like all of these really interesting flavors. Wow. So again, that's why for us, we mostly just drink it black, especially for drinking a fancy coffee so that you really get that whole experience. But even my first cup of the morning is going to be black. So right. now I will say this pregnancy, um, while I don't have a coffee aversion like I did with the twins, it does give me heartburn so bad. So I'm down to just like my one cup in the morning and I savor it. And then that's pretty much it. <laughs> That's really sad. Although I will say, as the awesomes may remember, for a while I drank coffee and then I kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, about yeah. this time last year. So I wasn't drinking and I was super sensitive. You know, I would drink right. like half a, half a cup of coffee and be wired for 24 hours. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yes. So I will tell you what happened is uh, I went back to work. Uh-huh. See the past conversation, reference that. Yes. And um, about a month ago, I was like, maybe I should start drinking coffee. <laughs> also, my husband, for Christmas, I got him a new coffee maker. Okay, hang oh, on a second. Nice. I'm looking for the name. Okay. If you can think of it, if you've heard of it, it's it's one of the coffee makers that makes really hot coffee. Okay. So I'm just going to have to go to Amazon and try to look at my past purchases because all of my other searching is not working for me. <laughs> you mean just typing in? Yes. Hot coffee maker. (laughs) Which I was like, please don't give me any like women in like no clothes making coffee. Hot coffee maker. Also, I'm sure the fact that Natalie works at Starbucks now, maybe that has helped kind of get you back into the coffee mindset. Okay. So here it is. Okay. Okay. So for Christmas, I got Corey a Bonavita 
coffee oh, maker, yeah, yeah. which is a really simple coffee maker. Um, right. But we had done so many reviews. It's just a drip, but it's kind of a shower drip. It's really like yeah, a pour yeah. over, right? But it right. really heats the water to that perfect temperature, just like just above 200. And yes. Corey likes hot coffee. So yeah. none of the other coffee makers that we'd ever had had lived up for that. So I got him this, and then I got him a burr grinder so he could grind his own beans. Oh, Our dog you are works a good. Wife, yes, this is what I got him for Christmas. This is it, but it worked. Um, and yeah. then Natalie works at Starbucks, so she gets a pound of coffee for free every week. Her yes, markout. That's right. So she yeah. brings home the coffee, and they would grind it. And I'm like, oh my god, that smells so good. So yeah. I have started drinking coffee again. The way that I'm drinking it right now, and it certainly goes through phases, but because I do want to taste the coffee. I just put in a little bit of raw sugar and a dash of cinnamon and a little cream. So it's got stuff in it, but it's not like the flavored cream, which is what I usually kind of would do, which I think is overpowering to the coffee flavor itself. Yeah. I can't do, I used to in my earlier, before I, I always say this, it's so weird. Before I started working at Starbucks, I did, we just had like, you know, whatever, I don't even know, whatever coffee maker. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever coffee maker we got at our wedding showers and Folgers. And so, yeah. And so I would always do the flavored stuff. And then when I, and I worked at Starbucks years ago, I don't even know if they still do this, but they made us do like this coffee training, like, like a true education in coffee. And I learned how to drink good coffee the right way. And I have never looked back. So it's just interesting how these things happen. Um, Katie has another fun question. I don't know if you'll have an answer for this. Um, Kelly, because I know you're not as into music as um, I am. But she asked, what song do you love to listen to that you'd never admit in a crowd of people? I will tell you mine first and give you a second to think. I love music. My family loves music. We literally have music going all the time in our house. But the one song that I do love to listen to, and it's so old and overplayed, <laughs> but I still love it, is Justin the Justin Bieber um, mix of Despacito. <laughs> I don't even know if I've heard that one. Kelly, maybe I have, but I just don't know. It's Justin Bieber. This is how uneducated you guys are going to be like, oh, what do I listen to? What's the guy's name? It's the Puerto Rican guy. I know Despacito. I just don't know if I've heard the Biebs remix of it. So the one that came out, okay, okay, Luis Fonsi, okay, is the one who originally had Despacito, and then he did the remix with Justin Bieber, and that's the one that went crazy on pop music. Okay, so see, I probably didn't even know that. Yes. Um, I love that song. I think it's so sexy and so fun. And my my girls have informed me now that that's a meme. Like, they'll be like, I don't know, they'll, they'll be singing it. They'll be like, Mom, that's a meme now. And so I guess that means like, now it has reached the level of like, it's a joke, I guess. Right. Yes. Now we're all making culture. fun of that mom. Yeah. Like, it can't be cool anymore. <laughs> I think that's what it means. My kids will say that too. They'll be like, that's a meme. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't speak what you're speaking. Oh my gosh. I'm so mean. glad. I would love to have our kids in the same room and they would just like immediately start speaking each other's language and we'd be like, we don't know. I don't know. This is when I'm officially old. You guys, yes. all the music I listen to, I should probably be embarrassed about, <laughs> but I've kind of reached the age where I'm like, I'm not, I don't care anymore. I used to not say anything, i.e., well, or I would just lie. Do you remember the very famous story that I said on the podcast where we were listening to, we were having a good day and I said, I love the Eagles to a guy who was playing Cal- Hotel California. And then my yes. husband was like, why did you say that? And I'm like, I don't know. He seemed happy. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> so that used to be. I love that. That's, that story is Pete Kelly. It is, I swear. It is Pete Kelly at 24. It, it really, really is. And 
back then I was like, I'm so embarrassed by my own music. I want to, I'm going to just lie and act cool. And then yeah. I've kind of just hit the stage where I'm like, yes, I listen to smooth jazz and I listen to pop. Like yeah. unabashedly, I love yes. like Taylor Swift and like stuff that cool people are not supposed to like. There's a radio station that's associated here at NPR. It's called The Current. They play cool music. They have, yeah. like, if you go up, they're just one floor above us. They have albums everywhere. I don't know anything that they're doing outside of Prince. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm clueless. I'm sure yeah. that maybe if I wanted to be educated, I could listen to them. But really, you guys, I'm just a sucker for Top 40. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. So fun. Okay, I'm going to answer, um, answer. I started to have a different accent there for a second. I'm going to answer a question from Superstar Angela. This is a very good question. I don't think we've ever told the story um, of the background of this. But she asked, how did we find Sarah, the person who isn't a co-host but works on the show? What made you just decide to hire someone and what does she do? Yeah, so I'm so glad because I, I thought that was a really good question too. Yes. So here's the story of Sarah. And also Sarah's a superstar. So all you superstars, wave hello to Sarah. Um, Sarah emailed me um, a while back. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember what year it was. 2000, it was probably like spring of 2017, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was spring of 2017 when she first emailed me. And she just emailed out of the blue and basically said, um, I love the show. I love the work you're doing on Sort of Awesome. I talk about it so much. And my husband just encouraged me to email and tell you, like, just basically offer my services. And so she like listed all of these things. She knew enough about me to be like, here's all of my personality types. <laughs> Literally, she was like, here's my uh, Myers-Briggs, here's my um, strengths finder types, my top five. Um, she has a degree in uh, information management. So like library style of organizing information. And she was like, I'm just throwing this out there if you ever need help. And she happened to email at a time when I was like, you guys, I need some help. <laughs> Which all of the co-host team has always been aware that I've always needed No, help. I don't Here's, think that's well, true. I think that you feel it. I don't think that we see it. Okay, that's fair. Because I feel like all, and especially before we hired Sarah, um, I was constantly aware of all of the things that were falling through the cracks because you guys this year, we well actually started it last summer. We finally were like, we have to go to Slack. Like we have so many threads of conversation and so many things that need to be followed up on and taken care of, not just the Friday productions. I mean, sometimes I feel like the Friday shows are like the thing that we're just like, we just click through those. We know how to do that, but there's all kinds of other backend conversations and things that need to be followed up on. So we actually moved our back end operations over to Slack, which has been hugely helpful. Um, anyway, Sarah emailed at a time when I just was like, I cannot figure out how to be efficient and effective on the back end. I mean, the co-hosts have always been a huge help with that, but it was great. It was great timing. And she really had a skill set that matched perfectly what we needed, especially when it comes to organizing. Um, and keeping track of and following up on information. She's a J type in Myers-Briggs. So she's really action minded. She and I have a lot in common. And one of the biggest things that really I felt like made her a great match for sort of awesome is that she's also what I call, which I say this about myself, like a podcast hobbyist. Like she listens to podcasts a lot, not just sort of awesome. She reads industry articles. Like she understands what's going on in the bigger 
um, podcast industry and she tunes into enough shows that she sees trends and she gets ideas and um, she just is really tuned into what we're doing. And since she was already an awesome, like I didn't have to explain, you know, like sort of awesome culture or anything like that. Like she got it. Um, and so she has just been a perfect fit. Originally, I hired her as a VA, as a virtual assistant, but gradually I just realized that I needed, um, somebody to really take on an assistant producer role in the sense of she really handles everything about our guests, any kind of guest onboarding. She does all of it, which if you've been a guest on the show, <laughs> you know that there's a lot to it. Um, some of you are going to get a chance to do that in the upcoming months as we bring in our sort of awesome stories and do this superstar sign off. There's just a lot, you know, technically speaking, and Sarah handles all of that. If you have ever thought, wow, they're really, you know, they're making a lot of shows and going a lot of directions. It's really because we have Sarah to keep everything organized on the back end. Um, so... What made me decide to hire, decide to hire someone? I, I knew I needed someone, but if Sarah hadn't emailed me at that specific time, I think I would have kept putting it off and just like, I don't even know where to start with hiring someone, but she came into my life at just the right time. And she's just really amazing. The only thing she doesn't do is she doesn't work with any of the audio. I'm confident she could, but you guys know I'm such a weirdo about the audio. It was really hard for me to even ship out our Friday shows to have um, an, a contract editor do those, but I am really uptight about audio. So <laughs> I still do. But you're also good at it. Things. You enjoy it. So I think yeah, I do. what happened here is that, again, I think from myself, Rebecca, even Laura, our point of view, we were always throwing ideas at Meg, you guys. We would have these super awesome conversations, usually on Boxer, great brainstorming about marketing or directions the show could go or what can we do for the superstars. And then we were like, here, Meg. And we would walk away. And so then yeah. she was the one who was like, ah, it's a lot to do. You know, <laughs> yes. and we were kind of like, well, maybe if she needs help, she'll let us know. Um, and so yeah. just things were, were, were dropping. So here comes Sarah in at the perfect time to to take control of all that to free you up. Yes. So that you can then say, yes, I do want to do this, but I don't have the time to actually execute the details. Like I right. want to move in this direction. And so she's so good at yeah. making sure all of those things actually happen and that they get assigned to the right people. And she's the one that then's following up our Rebecca and I putting in our links for the awesome of the week that we should have done. Mm -hmm. You just, you guys, there's so many always details with things in life. Yes. And she's so good at not only taking care of them, but also the big picture of why. And yes. where we should go. And she can give us the feedback that we so often need. Yep. Yep. So she's pretty great. Maybe we'll be able to talk her into maybe even doing like an awesome overflow or That's something. That's a great idea. <laughs> It'd be fun. Um, she's a really great person too. So um, yeah. So that's the story on Sarah. Um, let's go to a totally different question. This is from Superstar Alice. I think this is a fascinating question, Kelly. She said, if you had to live in another area than you do right now, where would you live? So that's the first part of the question. And then if you had to live abroad with your family for a year, where would you go? Does anything spring to mind to you or do you need a minute to think? Well, I can answer the first part. If we're going to talk about within America, 
Because yeah, yeah. my daughter just asked me this. this is kind of a would you rather sort of question. And that's yes. you're driving in the car. She's oh my like, gosh, Mom. does she love what would you rather? Oh, yes. AJ constantly is like, let's play would you rather. Okay. And can we just say something here? Because I think that you're going to get me. And, and anybody who is not a P type is going to laugh at this. But when she wants to do this, if I, it's not the beginning of the day, it's the end of the day. I literally don't even have the energy to answer these stupid yes. questions. She loves to do those little, what are those paper things called where you like go in and out and you're like, choose oh, a right, number, right, right. you know, those. For, we call them like fortune tellers, yeah, I think. Fortune but, tellers. I mean, yeah, fortune I think yeah. that's what they still call them. So she's super into those because she's in fifth grade. So she's making yeah. them all the time and all sorts of, she's like, mom, choose one, choose one, choose one. And I'm like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I realize it's a number. My husband's like, just say the first number she says, just repeat it back to her. And I'm like, it still takes energy. And I have yes. none. So when she's like, Mom, would you rather? And I'm like, Oh, dear Lord, give me strength. Because it matters to her. And I'm always like, right. I don't know. So she asked me if you could live somewhere besides Minnesota, where would you live? And I said, Well, okay, I would go back to California. Mm, or yeah. Seattle. I loved we almost moved to Seattle a few years ago. I love the Pacific Northwest. The gray scares yeah. me. But the natural beauty that's there, the wildness of the Pacific yeah. coast calls yes. to me. I love the yes. wilderness feel of it. I love the, um, the wildness of the ocean and the rock and mm -hmm. the big trees and the mountains. Um, all of that is wonderful. And then she said, you wouldn't go to Hawaii. And I went, Oh, mm. I, I don't, hadn't thought about Hawaii. <laughs> so, <forgot> about Hawaii. <laughs> maybe I would. so my, my gut answer is California. I would go back yeah. to California. But as far as yeah. the world, I don't think I can, I don't think I have enough energy to answer that question. <laughs> too exhausting. It's to too exhausting. I don't know. This is why I stay where I am because I'm like, I can't, I can't choose. I want to go yes. to them all. What would you do? So my answer is very similar in the sense that I would want to go back somewhere. First of all, this is hard because I love Oklahoma City. I really, really love yeah. it. So it's hard to think about. But I think we I would love for us to go back to the Texas Hill Country um, mm. around Austin, which is where my girls were born down in San Marcos. Um, I love the Texas Hill Country. It's beautiful. It's quirky. Austin is so fun. I mean, the traffic's terrible, but the city and the vibe and the culture in that area, I just miss it a lot. And... Um, I think it's great for families. There's lots to do. And yeah, I, I would pick the Austin area slash Texas Hill Country to move our family if we had to live somewhere else. And also, I being born in Houston in June when my parents' air conditioner was broken, like I, he doesn't bother me. So people are like, oh, the summer's in Austin. I mean, it do literally doesn't bother me. And I wow. love the mild winters. Yeah. I mean, it bothers me, but like we have air conditioning. So I just like live in the air conditioning when it's hot. <laughs> but like, you know, our friend Sarah Bessie, who's also a superstar. Hello, Sarah. She like has a really strong physical reaction to like being hot and sweating and stuff. Uh -huh. Like I think on a sensory level, it's really difficult for her. That's how I feel about the cold. Yeah. I, it makes me like, it, it's so cold and the wind is so cold right here, here right now. It literally makes me feel anger, Kelly, like oh, a strong no. sense of rage. <laughs> okay, so that's actually, I think the question that is the heart of what you're talking about is, would you rather be hot or cold? And when oh, I, I think about yeah. that, even though I don't like being cold, to be cold and in the dark, that's what makes yeah. me angry. I get this Hulk yeah. smash rage if I have to go yeah. outside at nighttime yeah. when it's cold yeah. and the wind is blowing and it's dark. Like it's just, it does it, it defies logic. I'm like, yeah. oh, um, 
However, I would rather be cold than humid, especially. Mm-hmm. I, I can handle the dry heat a little bit. I like literally become the grumpiest person in the world if the dew point gets above 60. Yeah. <laughs> so I share Sarah's sensitivities here. I might be able to handle a little bit more warmth because I'm a little bit further south than she is, but not much. Like I, I would, yeah. I would rather be cold than hot. Oh, I'd rather and be I think hot rather any be hot. day. Any, any day. I'm going to, this is going to be a June baby. I can't even believe it. And I'm like not even worried. <laughs> One thing I am worried about though, for a June baby is the snuggle factor, because I already like, I I run pretty hot anyway. And just like the sweatiness factor, because I, you know, I'm going to be wearing that baby right, and carrying that but baby. But you're going to be in the air conditioning. So let's do, let's do That's a pregnancy true. update. You don't even okay. get pregnant. Can I just say that? I, oh. I, I look at you here from, you know, like the neck up ish on the camera ish like the chestular region up. <laughs> listen you- kelly it's things are happening even the twins are obsessed because my belly really has gotten so big they like constantly are like they're like the baby's growing your t- your belly's growing and i'm like yes everything's growing guys you're right so could we just stop at that just the belly let's not notice anything else or comment on it out loud kids are so I'll I'll do an updated belly shot. I mean, I don't like that phrase of like, oh, you've popped or whatever. But definitely, it seemed like overnight, like, I went from, like, people could be like, oh, is she she pregnant? I don't know. To my neighbor was, that didn't know I was pregnant. Um, She's not on social media or anything. She was walking her dog and walked past our driveway when I was getting into the van. She was like, (gasps) you're, like, she yelled across the street, you're pregnant. And you're like, what? Like, yes, yes, we need to catch up. I said, <laughs> wait, before we do a pregnancy update, to go back to Alice's question, living overseas, I would go back with my family to Lebanon I in a heartbeat. I, I love it guess. so much. I dream about it. I miss it so much. I hope, I really do hope and pray truly someday to at least visit there, maybe not stay for a year, but at least take my children there and my husband to experience it because yeah. it is a magical, wonderful place. So, okay. Pregnancy update. Do we have a, so, we need a theme music for the pregnancy update? Like, <laughs> that, you know, like a little bump. You could be like pregnancy update. And then we have the music that goes, waka chica, waka chica. You know, or something. I'm going to find something. A, I was going to say, you're such a good producer. I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> um, okay. So good news and bad news. I'll start with the bad news. Um, some of you all may have been following my journey when I did this three hour uh, blood glucose test because mm-hmm. I put that on the sort of awesome um, stories on Instagram. Um, so I do have gestational diabetes. Wah, so that's wah. the bad news. Yeah. You guys, I actually started crying on the phone when the nurse from my OB's office called to tell me. And I was like, I thought I was in such a good mindset about it because I was like, no matter what happens, I know that this pregnancy, I've been eating really well. I'm more focused on nutrition and overall health than I've ever been for any of my pregnancies and in a lot of ways in my whole life. So no matter what happens, I'm going to be fine with it. But then when I got the call that like, no, you really do have it this time. And also in my, all of my other pregnancies, because I have a very, very, very strong family history of diabetes. So in all of my other pregnancies, I've been convinced that this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to have it this time. And I never did. So I was like, okay, this time I feel good about how I'm eating and everything. Um, and then I had it. So 
we got really emotional about it. I like really went in the tank for a couple of days. I, I texted my sister, Emily, and I was like, okay, I have gestational diabetes and I don't want to talk about it. And that was like the last thing I've said to her about it in typical nine fashion. <laughs> Enneagram nine. I'm not going to talk to you about the struggle until the struggle's over. <laughs> yeah. I just want to acknowledge it and then have you leave it right there. Exactly. Don't knock it over. Don't talk about it. <laughs> it is a reality, but I am not going to talk about it. But no, I, okay. So I was really sad. I was really disappointed. I can honestly say I'm 41. This was the first time in my whole life that I have had that feeling of like, I felt like my body failed me. Yeah. I, I've heard my friends and other women say that when it's come to things like infertility or miscarriage or even like other non-fertility related things, like saying, I really felt like my body failed me in this. I had just never experienced that. But when I got that diagnosis, I was like, okay, now I know what that feels like. Because again, I feel like I was doing everything right. Right to avoid it. But as my OB explained to me, she was like, you know, just when we're, when we get older and she's like in her twenties, she's fresh out of school. So sometimes I'm like, okay, but she just, she was very comforting about it. She was like, you know, when you get older, you're, you know, just things just don't, they don't have quite the, your body doesn't have quite the resiliency that it once did. So it's actually very normal in women of advanced maternal age that they get gestational diabetes, yeah. just like it's pretty common when you have twins, which I managed to escape it with the twins. But I got really into this book and sort of guidance from Lily Nichols, who's a registered dietitian who focuses on treating gestational diabetes with real food. So I got her book. I've watched some of her videos. I've been following her protocols. Um, I will say that my daytime blood, so I have to test my blood. Mm-hmm to prick my finger and check my blood glucose um, four times a day after each meal. And then right when I wake up in the morning. So my daytime numbers are fantastic. They're beautiful. I'm totally controlling daytime numbers with diet, keeping it super low carb, which if you've listened to Kelly and I's uh, extra awesome about Trader Joe's, you'll notice that there was like a lot of protein heavy stuff, not a lot of carby stuff. Um, which is fine. I feel really good. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is my overnight fasting numbers just really cannot come down. So we may have to control that with a prescription. So I will know if that's the case. At least I really tried right, <laughs> to control everything with diet. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's kind of a blessing because I mean, you said this, I truly, when I look in the mirror, like, I don't feel like my face has gotten really round. No. Um, even my, you know, my clavicles, like really from the boobs up, I feel like myself and I'm still totally wearing, um, their pregnancy jeans, but it's the same size. Like I haven't had to, you know, bust up to the next size of other clothes. I, I feel like I really am all belly right now. And I do think it's because I'm really working on controlling my sugars. Um, one thing I didn't know about gestational diabetes is that when you have it, especially if it's undiagnosed, you can have really big babies. Well, except for John Kyle, who is five, five, he's one of the twins. All of my babies were like, even Mac, who was a twin were on the upper end. I mean, tw- Mac was seven pounds, 11 ounces Wow, as a twin. <laughs> no, I've had friends who had babies that were like six and seven as twins. And you're like, yep. dang, that's a full... Yeah. That my my first baby was eight eleven, but the other yeah. ones were you know seven. Like that's a full grown baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then AJ, who was born at thirty nine weeks, was eight eight. And Daisy, my first, was nine twelve. Yeah. 
So I, it does make me wonder, like I may have passed all of those glucose tests in the past, but I, I know from the way I was eating that my sugar was probably not great. Um, so anyway, I'm, you know, typical ENF, ENFP fashion. I'm like, you know what? I think this is going to be good in the end. At first, I didn't want to talk about it at all. But now that I feel I, I got through the overwhelm and I feel like, okay, we're treating this. We're doing all the right things. It's lit. I mean, it's not fun to check your, you know, right. your finger four times a day, but it's not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. So that's good. And if you do have better. to go on medication, are those pills or is it going to be insulin shots? So the first one that they would probably do, and I go see my doctor at the end of this month. So like actually just right after this episode comes out for a superstar, so I'll, I'll have a checkup with my doctor so she can look at my numbers. Since it's only my overnight fasting, it will probably be a prescription. Okay. What happens is um, your liver as part of a normal body system produces a lot of glucose overnight so that you don't wake up completely famished and, you know, hypoglycemic and you can get up and start your day. So what this medication does, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a prescription. It just basically kind of puts a damper on your liver's glucose production overnight so that it can, your glucose can stay low. Okay. Um, now, I'm only 21 weeks. It'll be 22 weeks when this episode comes out. So there's still a lot of pregnancy ahead of me. If it gets to a point where if she feels like things are not being controlled with diet, then we may have to do insulin shots. That's not what I want to do. But sometimes you do what you got to do. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's the bad news. What's the good news? Yeah. The good news is everything else is really going well. So we had our ultrasound. We confirmed that we're having a boy. This is a, a secret for you all superstars. We actually did find out through our um, genetic pre-screen, the blood test at like, I don't know, 10 weeks or whatever. Um, when we got those results back, we it said we're having a boy. Um, I just couldn't believe it, even though I know right. the blood test is actually more accurate. <laughs> but the it, it, it defied everybody in your life. Because didn't yes. Kyle say it was a girl? And initially, Kyle said it was a girl. Listen to what this stinker did. This whole time, from the time I found out I was pregnant until we got our blood test results back, he was saying, girl, girl, girl. We had girl names picked out. Everything girl. So I got the results, and I was looking at it online in a web browser. It gives you all of like the genetic pre-screen stuff, like negative for this disorder or whatever, blah, blah. And there's this one little button that you push for gender. Like if you don't want to find out the gender, you don't have to, but you have to like actually push a button. And so I was like, okay, come in here. We'll do it. Right before I pushed it, he goes, it's a boy. I clicked it and it said boy. <laughs> unfair, unfair. It's like, what? you do that? I was trusting your intuition. He's like, I know I kept saying girl, but then I started to think it was a boy. And then it was a boy. <laughs> he's amazing. I know. And it's so Crazy annoying, right? INTJ. Yes. It, he's right again. Right again. Okay. So that's great. The ultrasound looks really good. My blood pressure is good, which I've been taking um, a baby aspirin every night. Um, on my doctor's recommendation to keep my blood pressure down. It looks great. So everything else truly has been just textbook boring pregnancy in the way you want a pregnancy to be boring. Right. So, yeah. And you look so happy. And I will say, teats. I don't know why. I'm just seeing all these commercials. Maybe it's just the time of year for Pampers or stuff like that with yes. that newborn baby right after it's born yeah. and it's placed on yeah. your chest. And I will never get over that feeling. 
Yes. And so yes. as much as I, at 47, am not, I feel happy with our family. I know we're done. I'm yeah. so excited for you to get to experience that moment again where that little baby opens his eyes for the first time and makes eye contact with you. There is yes. nothing like that in the whole world. <laughs> I know. I am super, super looking forward to it. I truly, I get more and more excited as the days go by. I think it was a little, it was a little rocky there at the beginning. Just, <laughs> it you always, know, just yes. my mind around it. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that, but truly I get more and more excited. And of course, um, being Catholic and being around lots of families where babies are just coming all the time. We are constantly, we see newborn babies at church all the time. So it's just so fun. That's good. So yeah. Good update. Yeah. So next month I will let you know of other things that happen as um, time goes by, but that's the update for now. Okay. So this has been really fun. This is our awesome overflow for February. Like I said, this will be coming to you guys every month. Um, anything else you want to say or a little shout out or anything like that before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. But you should tune in next month for the theme music for Meg's <laughs> pregnancy moment. I'm so going to find something, you guys. I'm taking ideas at Kelly if Gordon MN at Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> if you find something, I promise I will put it in. <laughs> So fun. Okay. And also superstars. I, I hope that you did listen to my um, three new things in 2019 for you all. Um, we are so excited to get some of this rocking and rolling so we can um, bring more of your voices into our ears, into the ears of all of the awesomes. And I'm really, really excited about this seasonal swap. I know lots of you guys are too. Yeah. So, okay. I guess that does it for February. Awesome overflow. As always, thank you all so much. Kelly, thanks for coming and sitting down with me to do all of this today. Super fun. I so appreciate it. Yeah. So again, thanks to you guys for your support and we'll see y'all next time.